0: Welcome to the How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez.
1: Hello, Car Wash Nation. This is David Begin. Thank you for uh, listening to this episode of the How of Car Washing. I've got a special guest today, Brian Cruz, who's the, one of the co-founders of Sergeant Clean in the greater Cleveland area. Brian, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you coming on to the podcast.
0: Thanks, David. Happy to be here.
1: Yeah, we, we had a great conversation last week, and I wanted to continue that uh, on the podcast because you were, you were telling me about some interesting things you were doing, but I always like to ask car wash owners and managers kind of their entrepreneurial journey. So if you can kind of give me an idea of, of how you started and then how you ended up in car washing, that, that would be great for our listeners to hear.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. It's a uh, unique journey. So uh, being the name of Sergeant Clean, uh, I I had actually spent eight years in the Marine Corps. And when I transitioned out, I worked for corporate America for a couple of years. And uh, I was an executive banking recruiter in 2008. Uh And the uh, banking world went south. (laughs) Uh, And actually the economy, as we all know. Yeah, no doubt. And and my best friend uh, that we grew up together, ran around together, uh, had some beverage drive through stores so we teamed up went from two to three to four and at one of our uh conventions that we went to the NACS National Association Convenience Stores we ran into a gentleman and he had beverage stores and car washes and invited us out to the Atlantic City show uh in the eastern region and just fell in love with it David just the people uh the industry it was very exciting and intriguing to us, and uh, we said, "Let's do this."
1: <laughs> yeah, well, good, good. And I guess you got started about two thousand thirteen.
0: Yes, um, that was the show we attended was late in two thousand twelve. Okay. And we actually met Vic Montalone from National Car Wash Solutions, and he was born and raised in Strongsville. Knew of the first car wash that we purchased, which was March of two thousand thirteen. And uh, here it is. I can't believe we just celebrated our, our six-year anniversary not too long ago. And it's just amazing how time flies.
1: It goes by quick, doesn't it?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah.
1: think car wash years are much shorter than the normal years. So, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So, <laughs> so I got to ask, were you a sergeant in the Marines?
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, I got out as a uh, E6, a staff sergeant. Okay. And when we took over our first facility, we ran it for about a year. Uh, It was a a lot of uh, life learning lessons and uh, growth and, uh, you know, kind of the fire hose approach where we just opened up and took everything in. So when we closed to do a remodel, we said, uh, you know, we're going to rename this, change the image, change the brand. And we had a contest. We were introducing the unlimited program and said, rename the car wash. You win a year's worth of unlimited car washing. We had over 2000 entries. And uh, Sergeant Clean's car wash was one of the entries, and uh, it's done. Done.
1: uh, That's great. Yeah, I love your brand. I I think I think it's a great brand, and I think it's intriguing. And I, I really have loved what you've done with the overall brand there. How did that? Did Did you say we want something military focused? But how did they come up with Sergeant Clean? Was it just off the top of their head, or did they know you were? a military person or how did they, how did they do that?
0: Yeah, they, they knew I had spent some time in the Marine Corps and we had an American and Marine Corps flag outside the building kind of from day one. And, uh, it, for us, it really appealed. It was unique. It could be used anywhere and it wasn't specific, uh, to, uh, you know, one branch of service and Sergeant is many ranks throughout the the military and Sergeant clean was very appealing. And, uh, It's it's been it's been good. We're very fortunate. I appreciate the comments on the brand. We worked hard to get there.
1: Yeah, no, it's great, great. So tell us a little bit about Sergeant Clean. Give us kind of an overview of where you're at, how many locations, what type of washes, those type of things.
0: Right. So we have five locations here in Northeast Ohio: uh, Strongsville, Westlake, Parma, Medina, and Massillon. And they all are express exterior and free vacuums that we offer at these locations. And every one of ours has been through acquisition. So they're okay. all, they're, uh, no new builds, just all previous honors that we built relationships up through the years and months and, uh, acquired them in their, I'd say retirement years. And yep. uh, so far, so good. We got another one on the way here, uh, in September, October time.
1: Oh, good, good. Terrific. So, um, so you, you said, you know, you opened one up and it was kind of a learning experience. So. Give, give us some ideas of what you would you, you thought the car wash industry was versus after that year. What were some of the learning lessons and what were some of the things you might have wished you would have known before you started?
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is a generic answer, but yeah. there are so many things to run a car wash. Yeah. Yeah. Being in the beverage store to just being, you know, entrepreneurially minded, it's well, it's easy. You bring in revenue and you pay your bills, and whatever's left, you get to keep. Right, right. Uh, And there's so much more. I mean, and we can go on from preventative maintenance to managing the facility on a daily basis. You know, running the operation. And for us, being uh, my background, being a marine, was developing process and procedures. And it took a long time to do that because frankly, David, we didn't know what the process was or what the correct procedure was. Yeah. So uh, there were so many uh, good uh, people that allowed me to make phone calls and meet with face-to-face so I could help develop these process procedures through the way. But it was quite a bit. Um, our first location was, um, was pretty rough. It was a distressed business. So, from the outside to the inside, equipment, even the, the DRB systems that was in there, was an old DOS based system. So it yeah. <laughs> had that yeah. old printer.
1: Yeah, yeah. Dot matrix printer, was that right? Correct. Yeah.
0: So there's a lot of um, growing pains, uh, but it worked out well because it, it allowed us to really get knee deep in car washing and from all aspects of it to work really, really hard to gain all that knowledge. First, just having it come easy where you get in and everything's brand new, you flick on the lights and away you go.
1: yeah, yeah, I, I think most people I talk to that get in it are surprised how hard it is that you know it looks easy and and that's that's kind of the the trap for a lot of car wash owners is it does look super easy when you're just a customer coming through and washing your car, and you're coming on a Saturday morning, it looks busy. And and your 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 investor thought is I got to get me one of these because they make so much money. But but you don't realize the effort that you've got to put into it. it. It's a very difficult business because things are coming at you from a lot of different ends. You've got employee issues. You've got equipment issues. You've got customer issues, and you're trying to keep it all together, uh, keep the train on the tracks. And it's 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 a challenge. It is really a challenge. And some people step up to that challenge, and some people you know, we'll get in it for a year or two and say, you know what, this isn't for me and and I don't like it. And then they, they want to get out of the business. So you've, you've built a great brand with Sergeant clean. I I love it. And so what, what are some things that you think you do to help Sergeant clean to stand out in your market from a a marketing standpoint?
0: Being that it's such a, a great brand. Um, it's not just, I know you use the topic, you, you know, obviously cause you and I are speaking, but it's just the team. I wish I can get the other, you know, 70 other team members and the executive team that's behind me, you know, on this call, but we can't, but a lot of that brand is that culture. Okay. And a lot of what we're doing specific to marketing is more or less promoting the story of what we do and why we do what we do versus the, you know, $3 off for here and $2 off for there. And, more of not a a coupon type wash, where if you love people and you want to smile and have a great time and also get your car washed, then come see us.
1: Yeah, good. Yeah, I I love that customer experience idea where people can come in and get a great customer experience and 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 feel good. You know, when when they pull in the lot, they might feel one way, but when they pull off the lot, they're feeling differently, and usually a lot more positive. And I love, you know, I love businesses that create an environment where people can feel good when they leave.
0: Right. And, and even when we first got into this, we did a uh, survey about six years ago to really just understand the business more and our flagship back then and now has been change the face of car washing. And I know that seems cliche. (laughs) Yeah. But, when we did that survey for the Midwest, it was pretty bad, David. It was, um, you know, grungy, nasty, horrible uh, team members, horrible employees. Uh, just this negative persona, grungy, dungy tunnels. And we said from day one, we're going to do the polar opposite of that.
1: Yeah, good. And, yeah, yeah um, I, I think that, you know, I was talking yesterday on a podcast where I really believe the industry's in an inflection point. It's moving from more of an industrial experience to more of a retail experience and a lot of operators are starting to catch that wave and understand that you know the customer is involved in that process and we're back in the 80s you know in in the 90s the customer got out of their car and sat in a waiting room and then were called when their car was finished and so the customer really never participated in the process but with the advent of exterior express the customer is very involved in the process and it's really important for us to create a great experience for them as they go through the car wash process
0: exactly exactly it's 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 truly that you know they're experiencing things that they've never have it's a little different for some parties you know as we're dealing with millennials although we have to uh, generation y z and x and the baby boomers it's how do you create an experience that's good for everybody because you can't just pull up to the car and all of a sudden see a millennial and flick on a different switch and give them one experience to the next but how do you blend that all throughout the different cultures and uh, throughout the different age brackets uh, to make it a good fun experience.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, one thing with you being a Marine, I sense a bit of discipline in your life. So how do you, how do you instill that discipline in your business processes? What are some philosophies that you have brought to your business that you think you know help, help you be successful?
0: Where we got now in business is through a lot of what we've learned in our family. Mm -hmm. values, uh, core values in the Marine Corps, a lot of those principles. So we've kind of meshed those together between our good family and the core values and the being in the Marines and having that discipline, uh, the dedication, determination is into our, uh, acronym cares. Okay. Values. So in there is uh, candor, which we think is very important. You know, we want to just be straight upfront, honest from day one. And candor is very, very important. Um, the second part of that is uh, the A, adaptable. Uh, as you know, car washing is always changing on a daily, regular basis. Uh, it could be fantastic, beautiful and sunny, and then the weather kicks in, or there's a customer stuck in the tunnel, or this guy wants to buy a gift card, the receipt paper goes out. And <laughs> there's always those changes, so adaptable is important. Uh, responsive, mm-hmm. responsive to one another uh, as a team, and also responsive to the consumer. Uh, engaged. We want people who are engaged, part of the process, uh, and stewardship. Serving one and and serving leadership uh, is very important and being a good steward to the community that we reside in, uh, one another as a team, and uh, to the customers. So a lot of that's kind of encompassed in the things I've learned through the Marine Corps and uh, family and life.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. That's super because I think that creates a great environment for your employees to be a part of. I think employees want to be part of something greater, uh, you know, and, and I think employees want also serve. I think once you communicate the benefits of serving the customer and why we serve our customer in lots of different ways, I think when, once they understand that, then they become part of that team. And then I think they step up to the challenge.
0: Right, and it's funny because sometimes people think that I've got that drill instructor mentality, yeah. Or uh, you know, I, I rule with an iron fist, and yeah, that's far from the truth. Uh, it, there's all different leadership and management styles. Um, everyone knows I was in the Marine Corps, and um, we just embrace. You know some of the things that we've learned, and hopefully they'll get something from me because I've learned a lot from my team. So it's uh, it's a good exchange of information and, and leadership.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's super. So one thing we did talk about last week that kind of prompted this whole conversation was you were telling me about your you you developed an advisory board for Sergeant Clean. So we're gonna talk about that next. But tell me what were some of the what were some of the what was the genesis for you thinking about developing an advisory
0: board? We just have a thirst. And a hunger for knowledge and when we started uh i'm 39 now so when we started we were about 33 years of age and we didn't know and we said you know what it's it's time to be humble and get some really good knowledge and leadership and important structure from yeah. people that have been there and, and done that so we we developed an advisory board to help kind of mentor us through the whole process um, yeah. my business partner we've never done an acquisition before so as it relates to just looking at financials as it relates to talking to attorneys and CPAs uh, we got a lot of wisdom and guidance and said, this is important that we create a leadership uh, board around us to help us through these hard times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's fantastic. Cause what, what that does is it, it forces you to say, Hey, I don't have all the answers here and I, I can use some help from some people and, and a lot of business owners don't not, A lot of them aren't like that. A lot of them, it's amazing when I see new entrants in the car wash business, how much they think they already know and how much they don't want advice. They think they got it all figured out and and everything. And, and I, I love the mindset of, hey, I, I'm still learning here. No matter if I've been in the car wash industry for a year or I've been in the car wash industry for 30 years, I still have a lot to learn. And, and I do see I mean, I, I can see a trend line to the people that, you know, typically are hungry for knowledge, willing to learn. You know, our own enhancement groups or, or whatever are, are tend, tend to be a lot more successful than the ones that think they have it all figured out.
0: Yeah. You know, and we referenced one of our, our, our mentors along the way had told us about the uh, Russian doll syndrome. Okay. Have you, have you heard of that before? No, I have not. I have not. So, what, how it was relayed to us was that the, the Russian doll, so you got the biggest doll, and then every other doll underneath it is smaller, 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 all the way down to the tiniest one inside. And a lot of business owners, and we, we had this approach from day one, we're not, we're not perfect, that we needed to be the biggest doll in the, in the Russian dolls. And that's, not, that's far from true. Mm-hmm. And to your point, we can talk of uh, Steve Jobs. He said, I want to hire a bunch of smart people, put them in the same room, and have them tell me what to do. Yeah, And, and that's kind of the, the, the mentality that we've gone from is um, the smartest guy in the room is actually the room. Yeah. And to put a, a bunch of good people together and a bunch of advisors to get us to where we need to be is something that was important to us. And we wanted to make sure that was, you know, kind of the, the go ahead from day one.
1: I think that's a great idea. You know, I, when I'm in the room, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I want everybody else to be the smartest person in the room because yeah. that, that's, that's where I learn. That's what I, I'm learning from them. And, and that might be selfish in a lot of regard, but, but I, want to, I don't want everybody else to be the smartest person in the room. So tell us how you developed the board. Tell us how many board members, tell us what they comprise of, you know, what, what type of people are on your board.
0: Yeah, so we, when we first started out, we had, uh, it shifted. We had a couple that weren't uh, industry specific. So we kind of took a step back and said, uh, in the Marine Corps, there were different uh, leadership courses that we went through. And there was always mentors and advisors that have been there, done that, the instructors, so I, ca- I looked at developing planning and saying, well, what do we need? What's important to us? And at the time we just had the one location. So our first advisors or mentors were just two businessmen and been there, done that. One was a, a, uh, a gentleman who had bought, owned, and ran, ran many, many businesses. And the other one was an insurance uh, gentleman and had an insurance company for 30 some years and just knew quite a bit. And, as we made the effort to say we're going to grow this chain from one to two to three to four, uh, now to five car washes, we transitioned about three years ago to technically a five member advisory board. And I say technically because the the two of the five are our CPA and our lawyer. Okay. And they are paid, uh, specifically during their time spent with us and they're always there to advise on a regular ongoing basis. And we've had a really good CPA firm and a good attorney. Um, but there's three that we chose specific as our advisors. And one is an industry knowledge, someone who has a specific industry knowledge. The other one is more banking. So someone who's been there, done that in the banking world. And, uh, one of them is just general business slash retail, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So, between all three of them, they as just one solid individual. So we get to three, see different perspectives from people who are really good at three different things. So when we bring them together, we've got a lot of perspective from specific to our industry to even just outside, looking in and being inquisitive.
1: So, so did you just approach them and say, "Hey, we're creating an advisory board. Would you consider being on the advisory board?" And were they absolutely willing to do it? Were there people that were not willing to do it and just kind of. Curious, if somebody wanted to build one, how would they go about doing it?
0: Yeah, a lot of that was just planning. And we're big on setting clear expectations. So we wanted to say, well, what, who, who's going to be important to us? So we approach them and say, you know, hey, Johnny Smith, we'd really like you to be an advisory. He wants to know why. And setting clear expectations of how that works. And, and it's molded and changed quite a bit. But you, it's usually a month commitment. And uh, we call it an all hands where they'll sit down and go over all the different processes and where we're at. And we said, okay, if we're gonna plan, what traits are we looking for? So people who are curious, people who are smart, um, people that have the same values as us, that are generous, and you know, we, we talk about reciprocity a lot. And um, that's how we, we, we developed these, is these individuals that we reached out to, some of them, uh, I had to have several meetings and kind of convince them, but uh, they're, they're big on reciprocity is that pay uh-huh. it forward. You know, okay. People have helped them early on in their career, and they wanted to reciprocate that to us. So um, once we found them, it, w- it was a pretty easy slam dunk um, for them to say yes.
1: Okay, good. That's interesting. Are, are, are they paid positions, or do they do it pro bono, or how, how do they do that? Initially,
0: they weren't. And we try to give them everything from thank you cards and gift cards and any type of treats or uh, along the way to kind of say thank you. Yeah, They generally just gave them all back to us or ripped up any checks or forms of payment. And we convinced them uh, late in 2018 and now in 2019 that they're paid. And they're just paid, you know, an hourly rate based on time spent either during the meeting that we have or even off-site. If there's a project that we have and they're working on we ask that they just keep track of their hours and we pay them. Uh, applicable to an hourly rate, which whatever they decided, we pay them.
1: Okay. Okay, good. So tell me how they meet throughout the years. How often do you meet? How long do you meet for? What's the preparation work involved before the meeting? Yeah, so we have a monthly uh,
0: all-hands meeting, and they'll generally attend these because those are when we're going to decide on what happened the previous month, what are we going to do on the next month, and what impacts are being made or need to be made within our company, um, and when I talked about curiosity, it's nice to see that the banker is asking a lot of car wash type questions. Uh-huh. The car washers asking, more how is a loan structured?" Or you know, "Hey, hey, uh, retail expert, how are we going to grow?" Or the multi-site uh, expert there, and they just are curious off one another. So, in advance of that meeting, we give them an agenda, and we let them know what the topics are going to be, and um, Sometimes it's very in-depth, specific to one uh, of the individuals. Uh, we have an acquisition coming up. So the banker uh, is spending a lot more time, you know, helping us walk through the process. Mm-hmm. And uh, even the industry expert is helping more on the uh, planning with equipment and the remodel stages. So they'll get that agenda in advance. And then we'll go through it through the day. And there, there could be some homework there after the fact of getting us some answers, Um, and even in between, we may reach out to them via email or phone call to ask for their advice prior or post meeting, but it's just more general kind of fly on the wall. They're there to listen and help. Um, and that's really what they want to do. They just want to be a fly on the wall, sit in the background. When we ask them a question, they'll answer, um, and just be inquisitive.
1: Okay. Okay. And are these meetings like a couple hour meetings? Are they half a day or how do you... How do you structure those?
0: Yeah, they're generally about two to three hours. And we'll have lunch provided and um, get everyone in. And, and they'll know maybe if, if they're going to be more um, involved in that meeting or less involved prior. Okay. But, uh, we just go through the agenda.
1: Well, that's perfect. So um, has there been a time where, where the advisory boards changed direction for you or you were went in there thinking one way and the advisory board brought up information and made you think okay i'm not thinking through this or i'm going to change course on a strategy or or a decision
0: yes um we actually closed one of our facilities it was our uh, second facility that we acquired and it was doing great and they really brought the situation to light and we never wanted to close the facility anybody would never want to close anything right
1: sure yeah Um,
0: we had two locations in the same we had two locations in the same city. And the other one was able to be remodeled and fixed and changed, add more free vacuum. So the value was in the other versus the the smaller facility. And they uh they convinced us, uh in a sense, they, they advised us to close that facility down, which is a hard, tough decision. So when yeah. I talk about candor, I mean <laughs> yeah. being in the room and them uh, bringing this to light. But we, we made a good, strong uh, decision to close that. We called it a moving and moved the consumers and some of the equipment from one facility to the next and ended up closing that down. And now we use utilize that as a central location for chemical and equipment and our maintenance men to uh, warehouse stuff uh, from. And uh, it's worked out well.
1: That's great. Now, I think you're probably right. I think to make a decision to close a wash would be the most, would be the toughest thing to do. Um, and, and so getting people to advise you on that. And I, that, that's a great example of what an advisory board can do for you because it would, you know, it, it would be really tough for me to close down a car wash. And I'm sure it was really tough for you and your partners to, to, to make that call as well.
0: And you know what the, the, the most important thing for the, these advisors is they cut the emotion out where this is an emotional decision for us, David, they put logic into it. And these are advisors that we really know, love, trust. And they, they just have an excellent way of taking the emotion completely out of all decision making. And they've really helped us grow into that because these guys are, we're, we're good friends with them, but, but they hold us accountable. They tell us if we're doing something right. They tell us if we're doing something wrong. And that's really the main focus you'd get out of hiring or, or finding the right mentor or advisor or someone that's going to tell you the truth. Yeah. And not just be your buddy and go, oh, yeah, Brian, David, everything's perfect. You guys are phenomenal when really we're not. Yeah. And I think that's been the most value add from the advisory board.
1: No, I think that's that that to me, when you hire any consultant or have any advisory board, the biggest benefit they can provide you is to tell you the truth. Because there's a lot of people that you surround yourself with, whether they're employees or you know, other people that have other interests. Sometimes it's difficult to get people to tell you really what's going on, and so getting somebody who can really tell you. I hired a consultant when I was about five years into the car wash business. I felt like I was floundering, and I couldn't figure out the management aspect of it. And I hired a consultant, a well-known consultant in the industry, and I was really, you know, the one thing I tell everybody why I hired him because the guy tells me the truth. You know, he's not afraid to stand up to me and tell me what I'm doing well and mostly when I'm not doing right, when I need to fix. And, and I very much appreciated that, those, those comments.
0: Yeah, I just very thankful for the, uh, the mentors and advisor along the way, and just, you know, for their strong influence, and just um, great natured, you know, individuals that have helped us uh, accomplish what we have, and, you know, stand before you today.
1: Yeah. So that advisory team's got to work well as a team together. What, did you have any experience where you had an advisor that wasn't a good fit or did you have any sort of contingency plans if you had an advisor that wasn't going to be a good fit on the team?
0: You know, we, early, early on, um, the two that I'd mentioned early on, just kind of a general businessman and one that was a insurance agent, we've, we just outgrew them. And we needed specific niches. So when we look deeper at the planning and the traits of who we're looking for to start the recruiting process on the the three, because I think it's nice to have an odd man out in case there's a decision that needs to be made. Sure. Uh, there's always that voting privileges that we can look at for their influence. So I, I, I'd say it's more outgrowing. We, we needed some good mentors and advisors in the beginning, and they did great. And we still have a good relationship with them we just, it was a tough conversation, but we had to have a very candid conversation and say that we're, we're going to kind of move on. You've got us to here and it's been fantastic. And now we're going to be mentored and advised um, by some different people. Yeah. And part of the planning was bringing all three of these individuals together. Uh, we first had the industry expert and then we had brought in uh, the business slash retail advisor and those, those they hit it off from day one and it really gelled and meshed well. And then when we brought the, uh, the banking advisor in, um, it was the same thing. And it was kind of love at first sight.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: And they all work real well together. They're, they, they get excited about the monthly meeting or any type of emails or uh, phone calls that go amongst uh, between meetings. And sometimes we skip them too uh, within the month or holidays or things fall in it to give them uh, some time off, you know, so, so they don't look at this as a job.
1: Um, but yeah. So, so do you tell your advisors, say the length of service is going to be two years or three years? Do you give them a, a time frame, or how do you, how do you kind of help them feel like there might be an end point to this or, or do you not do that?
0: We, we haven't give them, given them any, you know, kind of end game. They're having so much fun and we're having them fun be, you know, be with us and be part of our team. I just, I I, just, I always tell everybody, Hey, just, be upfront. If this just becomes more of a, a chore and a task, let me know. When you stop having fun, let me know. And we'll graciously get you out of here, you know, within the next couple of months or whatever's going to be your timeframe. But if you're having fun and you're excited, um, then let's just keep going.
1: Great. Oh, that, that's super. That's great that they're having fun. You're having fun with them. And you know, it's a great example of one plus one equals three, in some cases where you're, you're getting a tremendous amount of benefit from them and you guys are enjoying each other, you know, so it's, it's actually a pleasure to meet, a pleasure to get together and everybody's marching to the same beat. Correct. Yeah, good. So if you wanted to, how would you recommend if a car wash owner wanted to create an advisory board, what, what were the steps they should go through? How would you advise
0: them on that? First and foremost, I just start with one, you know, just find one good individual that you think is gonna help be the best mentor and advisor that you need. It's gonna be a friend, but be able to hold you accountable, give you some tough love, tell you you're doing things wrong. I think the first step is to tell yourself that that's okay, that you wanna bring that person on and they're gonna hold you accountable. And then I would go right immediately to finding that one person with planning. And that's gonna be, what's their goals? What are some expectations for them? You know, are they specific to business or are they your marketing, you know, representative? Are they just general business? And then the traits, kind of why you think they're going to be the best fit. So when you start the recruiting process, you're actually able to sit down and say, hey, during my planning stages, this is why I chose you. Here's some traits and principles of why you were selected. And here's some clear expectations. Uh, here's some goals that I have. We're growing, and kind of get them excited about what you're doing. And it's okay. There's people that have told me no. They said it very nicely and politely. Mm-hmm. I've had to pass and kind of move on, and that's okay. And yeah. kind of have a couple of those people in mind, a couple of can- potential candidates.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's fine too. You know, people telling you no. You want people to tell you no that feel like they they're not a good fit that they don't have the time to do it or they just don't want to do it. I think it's good that, you know, you're able to get the nose cause it moves you on to the people that, that you want to get and want to say yes.
0: Right. And, and, yeah. you know, those expectations go both ways. You know, you may have a set of expectations for them and then if things are warming up and it, things, it seems like it's making sense, then have them give expectations for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe they want specific emails or, um, they require things on a monthly basis or maybe there it's a banker and he's reviewing your P and L's and he needs them in a timely manner to help the process. Um, and then you can look at, you know, kind of the duties that you're responsible for and that leads into compensation. Uh, from, from day one, we said, Hey, can we get you some free car washes? And we put some some advisors on unlimited programs and, yeah. uh, because they know that you're, you're growing and you, you, need, you need money to fix your sites and, the, and to you know, hire great staff and deploy those funds elsewhere. Yeah. And the time and place will come when their compensation will be just. And you'll know. You'll know when you'll go from washes and gift cards and thank you letters over to, can I please reciprocate this with some sort of cash or mon- you know, monetary?
1: Yeah. yeah, I want to pay yeah. you for that. But yeah, they're also probably the greatest secret shoppers you've got as well.
0: Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, and and you'll be amazed. The people that were not in the car wash industry or had no idea, you know, from earlier in our conversation, they sometimes I talk to their spouse and they say, "What have you done to my husband? (laughs) (laughs) He's all about car washing. He goes to the car wash. He watches some videos you sent him, and it's just it's it's amazing. I just I chuckle. Uh, My wife says the same thing." Oh, that's great. Uh, we talk about car washing quite a bit. But uh yeah, I I just say start simple, start small, and then you can build from one to maybe two to three and you know, make that prior prioritize those individuals based on your requirements as you're growing or maintaining, you know, whatever your business model and important to you at the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. So if you've got areas of expertise that or if you've got areas that you're not an expert in, like marketing, you know, that might be a good example of somebody you might put put on an advisory board you know not not to necessarily get free help but just to get get advice and to make you stronger in certain areas
0: right right and and the most important thing i'd say is just really make sure your principles and values are aligned you know um get someone who's on the same page as you with ethics and you know being a servant leader uh your culture Just make sure that they're aligned uh, and they're completely aware of how you operate your business. Not saying you can't change and adapt that, but there's, you know, there's a specific way that you have your culture set up and your uh, how you come about, you know, you're, you're the inside under the hood type of person. Just make sure that they're, they're aligned the same and they have the same principles and values as you do. Yeah. So when they put that expertise, they're, they're filling in all the gaps and the cracks in the business, but the good solid foundation is there. And then they help you with everything they're after.
1: No, I think that's great. I think that's super important. And I really admire the fact that, you know, you, you moved yourself in a position as a co-founder, as a boss, you know, you were kind of at the point, you, you are accountable to your customers, you're accountable to your employees, but yet you were the boss. And, but yet you said, you know what, I, I want to be held accountable to other people and i think that's a really strong character trait that you took on where you said you know what i I, even though i'm the owner i still want to be accountable and i think it's important to be accountable so kudos to you for doing that i know a lot of owners would rather not be accountable and i I look at my attitude i say okay do i want to be accountable to somebody you've really made me think (laughs) about this because i like being the boss i like being able to make a decision and i like the fact that nobody Necessarily always overrides me and and so you've you've challenged my thought process quite a bit to think, okay, you know do I want to take it to the next level and think about developing an advisory board and be accountable to another group of individuals
0: right and you know david it should it should be a hard process I mean, you should kind of convince yourself even before finding an advisor you really got to go on top of a mountain or climb up on a rock and and kind of stare at your belly button a little bit and say <laughs> Is this what I want? Yeah. Do I want this? And yeah, I, I've had those conversations, and I've had some hard conversations with my mentors, you know, and advisors to the years, and said, "Man, I asked for it. Now they're really holding me accountable. Yeah, now I'm being held accountable. I, I put myself in this, in this, in this picture here. I, I, I got to do it. He's, he's doing what I asked of him. Yeah, and that's just where it's going to be tough. It's going to be awkward, and that's how you it, it. That's how you adapt. That's how you change. Cause if, it, yeah. if, if you go through a day or a week or a month without feeling awkward and weird um, and you're really not growing, that's, yeah. that's yeah. part of life.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Boy, if you're not, you know, it's hard to check yourself. I think you made a good point. It's hard to kind of check what you're doing from an emotional, from an ethical standpoint. Am I doing the right things for my employees? Am I doing the right thing for my customers? Am I doing the right things for my investors? And you know, and I can always I can buy off of my own story, say sure I'm doing the right things. But you know, when you're inviting somebody in to examine what you're doing, I, I really admire that. And I think it's 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 a great principle, it's a great character trait that that you are willing to do that. And I'm I'm certain that you're gonna be much better off. Your organization, your car wash chain will be much better off as a result of you doing that.
0: Yeah, thank you, David.
1: Yeah, so good. So I always like to end this when I'm talking to car wash owners. What do you love about the car wash industry? So you've been in it for you know a while now. Um, you're still you still consider yourself a young gun, but you know, given what the industry's doing, you're probably considered a veteran. But what are what do you just love about the industry?
0: The people. From outside in to our customers, our team just I'm a people person and uh, we, we did the five love languages Yeah, and words of affirmation was number one, but a close second was, was touch, physical touch.
1: huh.
0: And I, I, I think we're all put on this earth to make an impact and that could be huge or that could be tiny. You can't really define that. But I think the impact that we have in the industry to me allows me to just love on people. Just really be a good people person, be around them from our customers, our team, individual people just like you, David, our mentors and advisors. And I can go on and on from everybody that I've met in over the six years in this car wash industry. This is just a fantastic industry and everyone's willing to help one another out. Um, I love it. I love the people. (laughs) That's great.
1: That's super. I think that's terrific. And I think, you know, when you go into that attitude that, you know, you're going to wake up in the morning and make people's day better, whether it's your employees, you're going to make their day better. You're going to make your customers day better. I think that's a great, great mission to have in your life. And I think that's exciting. So Brian, this has been an absolute pleasure visiting with you. We can talk for hours and then we will at another time, probably not on the podcast, but look forward (laughs) to catching up with you. But if people want to find out more information about how to develop an advisory board, how could they get in contact with you?
0: Yeah, my email address is Brian Cruz at SGTclean.com. So Brian B-R-I-A-N-K-R-U-S- Like Sam Z like Zebra at sgtclean.com.
1: Yeah, great, great. So Brian, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate your time and your effort. And uh, thanks, thanks for being being on the podcast.
0: Thank you, Dave. I really appreciate you thinking of me and you know allowing me to to be part of uh, the day and the, and the podcast. I appreciate it.
1: Great. Great. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the how of Washing. We always love your comments. So if you want to leave comments on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd love to see comments on there. You can also go to our website at thehowofcarwashing.com and leave any comments you'd like and give us some ideas for future episodes. We like, like hearing from our listeners. So on behalf of Brian and David Begin, thanks for listening. And we'll join you next time on the how of Washing.